Well, as always, it's great to be with you today and this evening on um, what I hope has been a nice, relaxing day for you. Hopefully you have had the chance to sleep in and slowly get the snow off of your, your driveways. But for us here at the parish, it's been, well, for me, I'll say, I won't speak for anyone else, but it's been an odd day. You, know, you kind of get into routine of the weekend and wake up this morning. There, there weren't a lot of people at the early masses. You know, as the day went on, there's been more and more people, which is good. But it just, it seemed like everything was off. And then I had this crazy dream last night where I was going to confession, like not hearing confession, but I myself was going to confession through a computer screen. And uh, as I'm saying my confession, it wasn't the fact that I was going through a computer screen that I first caught the attention of something was odd, but that there were two people hearing my confession. And... Uh, it actually, it wasn't confession, but a radio show, and I was projecting all of my sins, like, out into the interwebs and everything, and I, like, woke up in a cold sweat and was like, oh my gosh, what just happened? Did that, was that, was that real? And I got my computer, I'm like, okay, it was just a dream. This doesn't have anything to do with the readings, I just thought you'd want some insight into the peculiarly, like, oddities of your priest, but, uh. The readings start with Moses, so we're going to transition very smoothly into that. Moses, uh, he's a big deal. He's one of the top guys. And for the Jews, he was a very much of an important deal. I mean, for us, it's 2021. We've had 2,000 years of Christian tradition on top of everything that was brought to the table by these wonderful men from the Old Testament. So for us, it can be easy to say like, oh yeah, Moses, good dude, got him out of Egypt. But for the Jews, he was a huge deal. And this first reading from Deuteronomy is talking about how essentially when it comes to all of the people in the Old Testament, like Moses was on a league of his own. And he was saying, there's going to be another one like me. There's going to be another one. And there's clues throughout the gospel where they're kind of asking, asking whispers in the wind, like, is this, is this the prophet that Moses was talking about in Deuteronomy? They go to John the Baptist, are you, are you the prophet? And he goes, no. So as always, it's very interesting not to read sacred scripture as in St. Charles in 2021, but what would it have been like to experience these scenes as a first century Jew? Jew excuse me. So Jesus is in Capernaum, he's in the synagogue, and he's speaking. He's speaking with authority, not of this is what my rabbi teacher taught me, but but from his own authority. And there would have been this excitement. There would have been this, this nervousness of like, oh my gosh, this might be it, but it's not exactly what I thought it was going to be. What, what's going on here? And you start to see this, this beautiful authority. And then while this sort of novel and exciting situation is going on, here comes someone who's, who's possessed. He's got an evil spirit. And there's this chilling scene that takes place where a singular person comes up to our Lord and says, what do you have to do with us? And I'll let your own imagination sort of fill in the blanks of the symphony of voices that would have come out as a possessed person says, us. This wasn't many people. This was one person. Us. It's like, oh my gosh, this is like something out of Hollywood. And what does our Lord do? But of course, even show that he has authority over unclean spirits. And in this moment... For everyone, they're like, oh my goodness, here we go. But what is that? When someone starts to say, 
what do you have to do with us? And when, when you think about like what diabolical stands for, it's scattered and divided and separated. And when we're not one with God, when we're not living with the authority of, of Jesus Christ, first and foremost, this is sort of what, what happens. You know, we, like this weekend, uh, we've been doing at the end of all the masses, kind of a blessing with the candles, St. Blaise. I'm the only one here, so I'm still trying to figure out how I'm going to do it. I'm either going to be doing a lot of throat blessings or we're going to do a general one. We'll see what the Spirit does in the next 20 minutes. But in that prayer, we're interceding with St. Blaise. We have, uh, of course, the saints in heaven. who We don't worship, but we do ask them to pray for us. Right? So in your mind, you can imagine that spiritual situation. We're blessing a throat, and here's St. Blaise, like with us spiritually in it. He's praying alongside us to the Lord. And then, of course, the authority of, of Jesus, the name of Jesus when we're praying, we go to Jesus. If I came up here and said, by the authority of, of John Kladar, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to pray for you on the authority of me, that's when it's time to leave. Go away. I, leave me alone. I, write the letter to the bishop. Father Kladar's finally lost it. You know, I don't do that, though, right? Because, of course, it wouldn't be efficacious. I have no power. It's all about Jesus. So that's the goal, is to live our life under the authority of Christ. And when we don't, that's when things get separated. That's when things start to get scattered. That's when the little guy with the pitchfork and the horn starts to cause problems. Now, there's always a tension between us. One of my favorite paintings is in St. Peter's Basilica, painted by Raphael, and it's the Transfiguration. If you go to St. Peter's, you can see it. Um, there's a mosaic in the church, and then in the Vatican Museums is the actual painting, and it's the Transfiguration, but below is the apostles trying to cast out demons of an individual. And you've got this really beautiful depiction of like a human being where he's like being torn between heaven and earth and his eyes are going all over the place. But that's the tension. It's, it's, a, it's a visual depiction of what St. Paul says when the good things I want to do in my life, I don't do. And the evil I want to avoid, I keep doing it. That's not what's going on with this guy with the un unclean spirit. That's being a human. We're going to fall. There's a tension between choosing Christ and, um, you know, falling into sin that we go to the confessional, we give it to the Lord, he gives us strength, we keep going. This is, this, is a, this is a deeper level. When our life starts to become compartmentalized and we have these masks, if you will, where the different sections of our life, we act a certain way. Maybe when we're with our family, maybe when we come to church or are with certain individuals, you know, we put on our church face and we're happy and polite and nice and not offensive and we do our thing. But then amongst other groups of people, we begin to act in a different way. Maybe it's with friends and all of a sudden, you know, you sort of loosen up in regards to the moral standards you know your family uh, is instilled in you. Or maybe at work, like there's a real rage and anger and, and you lash out at people. Or in the dark corners of the internet at night when you know, the pleasures of, of the flesh and the difficulties that come with unfiltered internet, we begin 
the separation. And brothers and sisters, when we have that, when we're not on the authority of Christ, but begin to have this separated, segmented aspect of our... We burn out. We can't, we can't last on our own strength. We can't go but two steps without the help of our Lord. And it's in those moments, it's in those moments when we do have some sort of addiction or attachment to sin and we're scared of showing that, that face like, oh man, maybe, maybe people will think less of me. Or the evil one will say, you're not worthy of being loved because you have this in your life. You're not worthy of being in relationship with God because of this corner of your house that if people saw that part of your heart, they would cast you out. That is a lie. The Lord wants to be first in every part of your heart. There is no power greater than our Lord. He is more powerful than any evil, any storm, any act of nature. He's God. And he speaks on his own authority in the most beautiful of ways. So as we receive our Lord today, brothers and sisters, I ask you to let the Lord into those different parts of your heart. If there's any mask that you wear in a certain area of your life or people that you hang out with, to remove it and say, Lord, this is me. This is your child. And yeah, I'm working on it. Yeah, I'm going to confession. And I'm trying to receive grace from you to become the son and daughter you're calling me to be. But I'm not there yet. When we bring things into the light, that's when the healing begins. And the Lord wants us to heal so much the same way he healed that person in the temple. So as we receive the Eucharist today, we ask the Lord to shine his merciful love on every part of our heart as in each area of our life we strive to make Jesus first.